0: Thanks, Julia. I'm going to invite Anne up now. Anne is the curate here at St. James, for those who don't know her. I'm going to pray for her as she speaks now. Let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you for Anne. Lord, thank you for who she is. Thank you for the gifts she brings. And I pray, Lord, your blessing on her now. Anoint her words. And I pray, Lord, that you'd challenge, that you'd challenge and encourage each one of us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. And uh, happy new year to you. And uh, happy new decade, although Andrew says I'm not allowed to say that because it's not the new decade until next year, but I don't understand that, so I'm going to say happy new decade. (laughs) And uh, it's great to be back with you after Christmas, I don't know how you're feeling, whether you're just ready to get back into routine and uh, get a bit of normality back to your life, or whether you're kind of dreading it a little bit. But today is Epiphany Sunday. And it's when the church traditionally celebrates uh, the visitation of the Magi to Jesus in Bethlehem, just when you thought Christmas was over. But don't worry, we're not going to look back at Christmas. We've already talked about the three kings in our Advent series, um, Come to Worship. But this morning, we're going to be looking forwards. I don't know about you, but this is the time of year when I like to start making plans um, I love planning and I like knowing what's happening and I just find this is the best time of year for me um, to make changes in my lifestyle. There's something psychological about the old year going and the new year coming. My brain just clicks and thinks, right, old's gone, new starts. What do I want to do? And so I've been sorting out my house this week. I've been decluttering. I've just had a baby and you would not believe how much stuff there is. But my sister's had a baby, so it's all gone to her, so it's fine. Um, And just as I've been doing that, I really feel like God's been saying, actually, that is a really nice feeling, getting a clean house and and freshening your house up. But God's been saying, that's never going to be enough. That's never going to last. Actually, he wants us to do the same thing with our hearts. You know, we spring clean our house. We take the time to organize our house. He's saying, actually, this is a good time of year to do the same with your heart, to bring your heart before him and just ask him to give it a good clear out and, and set you on and uh, and to let his holy spirit and his living water do that now i don't know how you're feeling about this coming year i don't know what you think of when i say 2020 i think the year 2020 sounds quite impressive uh, it feels i would say it's like i'm living in the future um maybe you might be feeling a bit apprehensive about you've got some difficult things coming up this year or maybe you're expectant or just a bit kind of you know same old and I think we can use words to describe how we're feeling about the year ahead. Um, but today, I really want to talk to us about God's word for us for the year ahead, for 2020. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Isn't that amazing? God knows the plans that he has for us for this year. God knows exactly what's going to happen this year for us, what we're going to be facing. And 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this, The things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things that God has revealed to us by his Spirit. God not only knows the plans that he has for us, but he also wants to reveal them to us by his Holy Spirit. He wants to share his plans with us. So we can bring all of our feelings and uh, our expectations, our apprehensions about this year to God and ask him for what his word for 2020 is. And next week, Josh is going to share with us what we've discerned God's word for St. James for 2020 is. So we've got the Vision Sunday, as Josh was saying in the notices. And I'm not going to give any of that away. Josh will be pleased to know. although I'd like to. And um, and we're going to share that as a church. But this week, I just thought it'd be great to have just some space individually to listen to God and hear what his word for us personally is for this year. And hopefully when you came in, you got a little card. Did everyone get a little card saying God's word for me for 2020? If you don't have a card, have we got any more at the back? Oh, if you've just put your hand up, we'll... Uh get some round to you. So all the people who came really early, didn't get one. <laughs> and um, basically I'm going to give you a bit of time in the response time to just be listening uh, for God's word for this year. Um, it doesn't have to just be one word, but um, I find it really helpful every year at the start of the year to ask God for just one word for that year. I just find it helps me focus on what he's saying and distill it. And then you can keep that piece of paper as a record and just hold on to it and keep reminding ourselves throughout the year what God's saying for us for this year. But I'll talk a bit more about it later. And before, I, before we do that, I just really want to talk to you about today's reading and because I think it's really relevant and it's a really great reading. And it's basically um, a word that Isaiah gets from God for Israel. And a summary of Isaiah's word could be arise – Or shine. Isaiah hears God's word for Israel. And it it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. I wanted to give you just a little bit of a background to this passage. Because Isaiah was talking... Isaiah was a prophet. And he was talking about Jerusalem in the Old Testament. And he was writing during a time when the Israelites were in exile... So they've been dispersed around an area called Babylon. They've been thrown out of um, Jerusalem because they've been unfaithful to God and other nations came in and kind of dis- dispersed them. And they were desperate to return back home, to return back to Jerusalem, to their city. And this, um, this word from Isaiah was God's promise of restoration to Israel. It was God speaking to them through Isaiah and telling them that he was faithful and he would restore them no matter what was going on. But if you read the whole prophecy um, of Isaiah 60, um, you can see that it applies to a much bigger reality than our earthly reality. It's not just about an earthly city of Jerusalem or a specific people group. Isaiah was foreseeing what God would do in terms that were natural to him. But it echoed a much larger reality. And God quite often does that. I think He shows us something in the, in the here and now, in the physical, in the natural that actually echoes a much larger spiritual reality. And so this, um, this city of Jerusalem that Isaiah is talking about is an echo of, of something, um, that's happening in a much larger scale, in a much bigger way. Just God trying to explain to us in human terms what is going on when things, sometimes words aren't enough. Uh, It might help to to turn to Isaiah 60 if if you've got the Bibles in front of you. Um, Isaiah talks about a migration of people coming to the light of Christ from all nations. And there's no geographical location big enough to contain that movement of people that he describes. In verse 5 he says, The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. The riches of the nations will come. Isaiah's vision is one of the whole world on the move the whole world being drawn to the light over land and sea. And he paints a picture of, this, of the whole world on a pilgrimage homeward to this city of Jerusalem. That's more than just a physical city. And to come to this city, there's no barriers of distance or infirmity. People come from afar, people are carried. And God's vision is for the whole world to be drawn to his light and his life. Isaiah 60 also echoes the creation story. I don't know if, if when um, Julia was reading, you were reminded of Genesis 1. The whole earth is wrapped in deep darkness. It's bound and blinded. But it's not the physical of darkness of creation that Isaiah is t- describing. It's a spiritual and moral darkness. And it can still feel like that today, I think, that our world It can feel like it's wrapped in darkness, it's bound and blinded. There's so much going on in the news and in our lives that can feel like that, that we can see that. And yet, just like in the creation story where God said, let there be light, and there was light, Isaiah sees that the light of God's glory is rising over the spiritual darkness, like the sun rising over his creation. He describes glory breaking out as daybreak pierces the darkness of night. The light banishes the darkness, magnetizes the whole world to its radiance. I just think that's just such an amazing vision of what's going on. Such an amazing word that God has shared with Isaiah. That little word, arise and shine, all of this stuff is behind it. So who is the light? The light is Jesus. The very word epiphany, which is today Epiphany Sunday, means to appear and to shine upon. And it it refers to the divinity of Jesus shining upon the earth. And just as the light in creation story brought life, Jesus brings new life to our spiritual darkness. He fulfills those creation promises and makes each one of us a new creation spiritually, freeing us from the clutches of darkness And giving us an eternal home in the new Jerusalem, which comes from above. So we were talking about how what Isaiah sees in the physical is representing something, a spiritual reality that's going on. Isaiah 60 has really obvious parallels with the heavenly city of Jerusalem, described in Revelation 21. And Revelation describes this city coming down from above, full of beauty, And shining with the brilliance of God's glory. It says the city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and the lamb is its lamp. That is the picture of our eternal reality. That is the picture of our eternal home of this city that represents God's glory and goodness. It's the city of God's, of the living God. It's our eternal destiny. And it's our inheritance where God is with us and the glory of the Lord shines around us, where there's no room for death or for suffering or for darkness. I really feel like God's calling us this year to enlarge our visions, to not just look at the mess of the here and now, but to look upwards and to see where God is calling us because it's really beautiful. And the heartbeat of this heavenly city is worship. For Isaiah, everything is all about the glory of God and being consumed by God's glory. Isaiah says, people come to this heavenly city to honour the Lord and to proclaim God's praises. And we are a people whose calling and destiny is to be free to wholeheartedly worship God. That's where we will find our ultimate fulfilment and our ultimate peace is in that heavenly city where we're just worshipping God and drawn by his glory and his light. And God's called us to draw others into the light of his presence, to set people free from the darkness of this world and to sing his praise and experience his glory. It's like we can taste this word, this world that we have is like a taster for the banquet that will come in the next. This worship that we have on a Sunday, which is wonderful, uh, is just like a, a really small sample of just the amazing that it will be to be swept up into that worship in heaven. And I feel like God's calling us to expand our vision this year to see that we have a part to play in showing people the way to this heavenly city, in showing people the light that shines in the darkness. Isaiah 60 prophesizes that people will be drawn to God's light. Verse 6 says, All from Sheba will come bearing gold and incense. And who were the first people that came to Jesus bearing gold and incense? They were the Magi, the three kings. They were the first of many to come to the light of Jesus, the forerunners of this migration that was described in Isaiah 60, which says the sons of daughters of Jerusalem will come from every nationality. The light that shines from the heavenly city is incredibly attractive. The light of Christ has drawn many millions to it throughout generations. I think we can kind of get focused on St. James and on our little tiny patch, but actually I think God's saying, if you look throughout the centuries, royalty have been converted, starting with the Roman Emperor Constantine, who completely transformed the church from a small house church into the, the religion of the empire. Riches have been bought. Riches of the nations have been bought to the church. Isaiah's words have been becoming true ever since, and they continue to unfold. And God is calling us to expand our vision of just how amazing the light that we carry is. Revelation 21 says about this radiant heavenly city where we're called. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. If anything impure did enter the city, it would be burnt up, or it would ruin everything eternally. God cannot allow sin and darkness to exist eternally, and that's why He banished Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden, so that they wouldn't eat from the tree of eternal life, and that their sin would exist eternally. He had to, God had to put limits on um, on our sin and suffering. He doesn't want us to suffer forever. So the only people who can enter this heavenly city are those whose clothes have been washed by the blood of the lamb and have been given new life by him. It's the only way we can possibly be made worthy of, of entering this, pra- this place of light and glory and goodness is by, by God giving us that righteousness in Jesus And the thing about this city in Isaiah and Revelation is that the gates will always stand open. It's not that God doesn't want anyone to enter the city. He wants everyone to come and have their clothes washed in the blood of the Lamb. In Revelation, there are 12 gates, three to the north, three to the east, three to the south, three to the west. And they're always open every day, every week, 24 hours. God longs for everyone to be set free from the clutches of darkness, and to be drawn into his glory, and his light, and his life. And we're called to be a church whose doors are always open to the outside, to anyone, from wherever they're from. And more than that, we should really expect people to be drawn to the light that we carry, because the light of Christ lives in us. Jesus is the light of the world, but he also says in Matthew five fourteen that we are the light of the world because his light lives in us, through the Spirit. You are the light of the world. We are like mini versions of that heavenly city, pointing the way and giving people a taster of the fullness that God offers us. Isaiah 60 verse 3 promises that nations will walk by the light of Christ. So I really feel this year that God's calling us to expand our vision And to arise and to shine. And not just to look at the earthly realities, but the Jerusalem of above that we're all citizens of through faith. And God has made you for a purpose. And he's made you for a reason. He's put you here on earth to be his light exactly where you are. To shine your light into the darkness that surrounds. And the things that he's placed on your hearts... They're not just a coincidence. The things that you're passionate about, God has made you to be passionate about. So this year, let's not hold back from the visions that God's given us. Because where God calls us, he equips us. Um, You have everything that you need to fulfill that calling. To fulfill that vision that God's given you. Because you have the light of the world living in you. And God wants you to play your part in pushing back the darkness light guides, it reveals, it shows us the way. So let's ask God to speak to us now about the paths he has for us in 2020 and the road ahead. Let's ask God's light to show us his word for us this year and lift our gaze upwards towards that heavenly city that is our eternal home. What I'd really like to do now actually is to read um, that passage from Isaiah again. And just read it slowly and get you to close your eyes and just um, listen to that prompting of God's Spirit. See if any words or parts of it jump out for you. It's, a, it's an ancient practice of reading scripture called Lectio Divina. And if you're struggling to hear God, it's a really good place to start. Just get a Bible passage and read it slowly, uh, two or three times, and just listen and see if any words or phrases jump out. I'm going to read it again now. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. The riches of the nations will come. Herds of camels will cover your land. Young camels of Midian and Ephah. And all from Sheba will come, bearing gold and incense, and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. going to give us some space now just to be listening to God for his word for each of us for 2020 and just a couple of guidance guidelines just as you're listening try to keep an open mind try not to second guess Um, and know that God always speaks life and love and he always speaks in line with the Bible so if anything that you hear is is kind of unsettling then just put it to one side And it would be great for you to share this word with someone that you know and that you trust. I've been listening over the last couple of days and I think that God's word for me is love. And it's something that he's been talking to me about for a long time. About orientating my life around loving him and loving others. Let's just take some moments and listen and try and, and expand our vision lift our gaze up to God.